is good, Defenders? And welcome to the warmer, friendly confines of Defenders of the Bank, your favorite nocturnal podcast that has now turned into an early morning podcast. That's right. I uh, just want to let everybody know that uh, it's warmer where we are right now than they were for sure. You know my voice. It's the scarf, J.R. Liebert. But in his snow hat, in his, his LAFC, his beanie is one Christian Philly Philemon. You know how I know you're a teacher, Scarf? How? Because I feel like I'm serving detention. 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning, he wants to wake up and do Defenders of the Bank. I can barely wake up at 9 a.m. during the work week to actually go to my 9 to 5. That pays me to, to, to be there. It is cruel and unjust. And I would imagine the vast majority of the millions and millions are probably sleeping in at this moment. Although I am starting to see a couple of people pile into the room. So perhaps there's other suckers for punishment out there, but a 9 a.m. start yeesh, but at, the, at least at the very least, uh, we'll have the rest of our day to do nothing. Yeah. Look, here's the deal. Uh, there was a whole lot of nothing done yesterday. That's for sure. I, I just have to think Philly when Hugo Lloris, Turn down whatever contract he turned down to stay in Europe with whatever clubs were probably after him. You think that the second week on the job, he was thinking, yeah, thunder snow in Sandy, Utah. I mean, he looked there, all these great memes going around. The Game of Thrones meme is one of them. Just him just completely frozen, ice in the beard, everything else. You just got to think that Hugo in Sandy, Utah, must have been like, this is not what I signed up for. Well, under those conditions, no. But, I mean, keep in mind, he played in England for the longest of times where, you know, the weather isn't necessarily favorable this time of year anyway. It's generally rain and, granted, a bit warmer than it probably was in Sandy, Utah, but not as much of a surprise. And, you know, I've got some fun snow games to talk about briefly but no i didn't think he would imagine coming out to warm sunny california that he would see snow this early in the season so on that note i will agree with you well all right let's get let's get into a couple different quick things first we just remind everybody that the mofacio futsal court fundraising effort is still underway head to lafc.com backslash mo hyphen facio to donate uh in mo's honor uh I, i don't even know i mean geez uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna donate. I think it was eleven. I'm gonna donate eleven dollars today in honor of Andres Gomez baptizing Omar Campos to the LAFC roster in that first half. There, uh, Andres Gomez, you've uh, inspired my donation of eleven dollars. Ooh, um, <laughs> I didn't know we were still doing this. So, like, no, I, I know. Like, I just threw it out there. Prepared. You're doing stuff that I don't know that we're about to do in a minute or two. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, I figure 11 is not a difficult number to beat. Fine. I will donate 11.25 just to one-up scarf. <laughs> there you go. I like it. All right. So you said you have some snow-related games to play at the top of our podcast here? Yes, perhaps. <laughs> are we are we starting them now or should we do this day in LAFC history first? Uh, no, no, no. We'll wait. Yeah, let's let's go through the regular segments. And then right before we go into the lineups, we'll, we'll do like the couple things that I have in mind. All right, so we've got a very quick This Day in LAFC History and News and Notes segment. Happy birthday 
You think that's how Ante Razov wanted to spend his 50th birthday yesterday freezing on the side? And I think he actually got a yellow card, right, too? That was, that was what they were saying on the broadcast. It, they couldn't tell, Philly, when they showed the row of LAFC coaches, it was just black parkas and huddle. You had no idea who was anywhere on that one. So. Uh, no, I think Steve was saying like the second half of the second half, he wasn't even watching anymore because he couldn't see anything and he was just throwing <laughs> snowballs at Ante Razov. Yeah, not a way I'd want to spend my birthday ever. I hate the freaking snow. And instead of getting served up with some nice cake, he was eating snowball pie. Yeah, I felt uh, I felt bad for uh, for our the only coach that has been here since day one, by the way, which is uh, just kind of neat. That's uh, we, we absolutely love, by the way. Let's be very, very clear. We absolutely love Ante Razov, and we are we are not happy. That's how he had to spend his birthday. I uh, just want to remind everybody, too, Ante Razov scored 114 goals in MLS and was on Bob Bradley's MLS Cup winning 1998 Chicago Fire roster. Uh, also on March 2nd, in 2018, Philly, that was the day that they announced the inaugural roster of 22 players. And let's go back in time. Just think about the talent that we have now on this roster and the disparity that comes with building a club for the very first time. We all know Tyler Miller was our goalie. It was supposed to be Luis Buba Lopez, but he got hurt. And then, of course, Philly, our third keeper, one of the uh, – one of our favorite guests that we've ever had on the show, the international man of mystery that is Charlie Lyon, the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> Love that guy. Let's look at our defenders. Stephen Betashore, we miss Beta Time so much. Congrats on his retirement. Tristan Blackman now playing in Vancouver. Laurent Simon, Omar Gaber, who got homesick and left. Jordan Harvey, Dayon Yakovich, Joao Moutinho, and Walker Zimmerman. Dare I say, that's still a pretty... Pretty sick back line if we make combination of four. Yeah, well, yes. Uh, back then, not right now, because all no, no, no. players have retired. So, yes, <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, no. I know. I, I, I would agree. Walker Zimmerman would still be dynamite today, but yeah, Walker uh, and Joao and Tristan, we still got three that could play. Yeah, I mean, Walker at this point, I think he's going to be more synonymous with Nashville than he would for be sure. for LAFC. Really for fascinating sure. to have taken part in the inaugural season for two expansion franchises but at this point he's more nashville than he is elliot i mean he's a nashville legend right scoring the first goal winning the first match all that stuff with them let's let's look at the midfielders uh edward atuesta who uh left us and of course now has since come back benny failhaber mark anthony k callum malice the pride (laughs) of scotland uh aaron kovar who announced his retirement soon after a couple of seasons of of lafc and Uh, yeah when you go get a master's degree at stanford i think that's going to uh, net him a lot more money than even his best season in mls yeah he's doing okay and uh james murphy who actually transferred from sheffield wednesday on the day that the rosters were announced uh james murphy never suited up for lafc in a competitive match but did play in the borussia dortmund friendly i believe uh, and then the forwards, Philly, Latif Blessing, Rodrigo Pacheco, Diego Rossi, Marco Ureña, and number 10, Carlos Vela, which we still have no idea what's going on there. And then real quick, if you're listening to this podcast today, if it's live, it's not Ante Razov's birthday anymore. It is Bob Bradley's birthday. That's right. Happy birthday to the old ball coach. Where I know it's over there somewhere, Philly. Where's Bob? There's right Bob. Here. There he is. 
You know, it's very fitting that his bobblehead doesn't necessarily bob as much because Bob, very rarely would you ever see him smile on game days. It's uh, it's a lot easier to make that uh, bobblehead say no than it does yes. That's for sure. That's uh, happy birthday, Bob Bradley, born March 3rd, 1958. And uh, also March 3rd, 2019, LAFC defeats Sporting Kansas City at home for our inaugural match of the 2019 season. Adama Diamande scored a crazy game winner off of a Jordan Harvey assist in the 94th minute. That was Jordan Harvey's 300th major league soccer game. And of course, just like he did in 2018, Diego Rossi scoring the first goal of the season. And it was the first win in the 74-year coaching career of Bob Bradley to occur on his birthday. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And one last thing to note, because we are going to be talking about some debuts, Philly. Peter Lee Vassell made his LAFC debut as a substitute <laughs> for Diego Rossi in that match. <laughs> you bring up, God, I, I think of the time where we were up at BC Place, where we had a rotation <laughs> of players in a trap-style game on a Wednesday, yeah. where you had him, you had... Nico Hamaline and your favorite player to mention, and then the gentleman who dons the back of this jersey. I don't know if he started that game. I think he did. Shaft Brewer Jr. Yeah. I got a Shaft Brewer Jr. jersey on here. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> wait, wait, turn around. Let's see it. We got to see a, a Shaft Brewer Jr. jersey in full effect. There it is. Number 28, Shaft Brewer Jr., everybody. That's listen, Philly's closet <laughs> is as eclectic of an LAFC portfolio as you will get. You've got a Philip Edgemadu jersey, which, by the way, you just got to see Philip uh, not not too long ago, a couple of days ago. Uh, a Shaft Brewer jersey is in there. There's a couple of other rather obscure players in there. No, I mean that's pretty. Solid. No, those are as obscure as they get. But this is one, <laughs> and honestly, the only reason why I'm happy we don't have to have that flex sponsorship anymore. It actually kind of breaks my heart that it's not there, but I can rock the YouTube stuff. And it's yeah. funny because when we were at uh, BMO just this past week against Seattle, I bumped into Bennett Rosenthal. And of course he pointed at me. He's like the YouTube one, huh? I'm like, no, 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 no. Like Bennett, like <laughs> I got a good reason for wearing. And obviously it alluded to what we were talking about, how, you know, we wore this back in the season one beating Seattle, so on and so forth. The founders 18, but I'm going to go through a lot of my vintage jerseys vintage kits before I go out there and buy the authentic for this season, 175 bucks. I'm buying it, but I kind of want to cipher through all of these to not make myself feel awful that in season one, I just <laughs> went nuts. I practically bought the entire starting lineups Jersey. There's a Simon Jersey in there, a Walker Zimmerman Jersey, obviously a Rossi and a Vela and a Latif and a Dio. I got to wear them every once in a while. Cause I'm not going to sell them. So, Hey, here we are. Love myself some Adama Diamande. One very quick bit of news and notes. Before the match, actually about 8 o'clock in the morning, LAFC announced that Diego Rosales and Luca Bombino signed short-term contracts with LAFC. That was Rosales' second straight short-termer this season. While Luca Bombino got his first taste of senior club action Welcome to the club, Luca. Sit here and freeze over 90 minutes here on the bench. Uh, look, I want to say this about Luca Bombino. He's an outside back, primarily a left back, 17-year-old kid who looked absolutely fantastic at times for LAFC too. Please, please, please 
Be on the lookout for this kid, Luca Bombino. I think he is going to be fantastic. I think he will eventually get a homegrown contract with us, and he is going to be playing, especially in a season where if Sergi Palencia was out, you saw what we had to do on the back line. We'll talk about it later. It was outside back Eddie Segura for this match. Was hoping for an undefeated season. Uh, <laughs> outside back Eddie Segura replacing uh, uh, who was that? Ryan Hollingshead? No, uh, it was yeah. Omar Campos, I think it was the sub, was Eddie Segura for Omar Campos. And then Ryan Hollingshead switching sides. We'll talk about that when we get there. But in a, in a year where we need wingback depth, Luca Bombino, this 17-year-old kid who played 17 matches last year with LAFC2, had two assists. He could fit very well in with Steve's style. I really like this kid, and we wish him absolutely all the best. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, before we get into the uh, the match between Zenit St. Petersburg and CSK Moscow, <laughs> we uh, had some fun facts that I looked up. We had a delay of game, which sucked for me. I was looking forward to catching the game, then hopping in my car, heading on over to UC Riverside to call the game between the Highlanders and Hawaii. That was an exciting game that landed in overtime. Unfortunately, I didn't have that much of an opportunity to watch it at home. In a coffee shop, still waiting for the game. It's a place called Lyft, by the way. If you're in Riverside and you're a coffee drinker, check out Lyft. That place is pretty sweet. It's in an industrial park, so you're definitely going to have to Google it. But what a really cool spot. So I started just going through games that happened to be played in snow. Obviously, they were talking about a global game, but... You know, it wasn't that long ago where we had the coldest game in MLS history, Scarf. 2019, I don't know if it still is, but uh, especially after yesterday. But 2019, how do you forget that Timbers versus Rapids match? Coldest game in MLS history, 18 degrees. It was a 3-3 three to three slugfest. Absolutely entertaining of a game. They still managed to get through it, and well... Both teams managed to score three goals. Sadly, that would not be the case for today. Here's a couple of fun facts for you in case you all ever get into World Cup history bingo. Excuse me. The first match in World Cup history was on July the 13th, 1930, a game in which France beat Mexico 4-1. to Lucien Laurent is going to go down as the first scorer in World Cup history. And that was played in snow, by the way, believe it or not. 2010, how will we ever forget Alex Morgan's debut with the U.S. Women's National Team versus Mexico? Abby Wambach scored 1-0. to zero. Here's a shocker for you. That game was played in Sandy, Utah. Sandy, Utah, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. 2017, Minnesota United's first ever game as an expansion franchise in MLS against Atlanta United back when they played at the University of Minnesota's Golden Gopher Stadium. That, at that point, was the coldest game in MLS history. 19 degrees and didn't seem the phase. Uh, either of the Venezuelans, Joseph Martinez and Miguel Almiron, both combined for five goals and absolutely whooped and welcomed the Loons 6-1. to one. And if you are a fan of the U.S. men's national team, which I know some of you aren't, and I know some of you are, Snow Classico 2013 U.S. men's national team versus Costa Rica at Dick Sporting Goods Park for a World Cup qualifier, 16th minute. Clint Dempsey gets the nod, gets the goal, and you talk about players aging during a game Jermaine Jones looked like he was aging right before our very <laughs> eyes with his fro going from its luscious locks to looking white all of a sudden now the last thing I will say folks is this <laughs> if you thought yesterday was bad think about playing in the Finnish Premier League and I'm going to butcher the hell out of this 
Rovaniemen Palaciora, they play based in the Arctic Circle. Imagine that. Of course, they're going to be training indoors and whatnot, but you want to talk about cold, imagine playing in the Finnish Premier League, and that's what I did with my spare time in between kickoff, the <laughs> scheduled kickoff, and what we actually had as a kickoff. Doesn't surprise me that at least one of those games occurred in Sandy, Utah, and you mentioned Dick Sporting Goods Park a mile high in Colorado. Yeah, Look, I, I think I let me let me give my thoughts on this real quick here for a second. Now, yes, the side that LAFC was defending in the first half was the side where all of the wind and the snow and whatever that was was right in the faces of all of the defenders. So maybe it's making it more difficult to track back. Maybe it's making it more difficult to move. Maybe it's making it a little. But both sides had to deal with the crappy weather. I, I think what we saw were a couple of players who weren't ready to play in those types of conditions and just literally got snowed under by their opposite guy who was more than ready to play in those conditions. I mean, if you look at the way Diego Luna was moving, if you look at the way that Chicho Arango was moving, and if you look at the way – and. Omar Campos is going to see him in his nightmares for the next couple of months. Andres Gomez was moving with and without the ball. I never felt like we had one player other than Kike Oliveira get up to top speed in any way, shape, or form over the course of 90 minutes until we put in guys like Nathan Ordaz and Eric Duenas and all the young kids. So I, I was definitely a little bummed at the way Mike Tyson says it, right? Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And I mean, LAFC got punched in the mouth with a giant snowball followed right behind it. And and I just don't buy the whole, like, oh, we, we just should never have played in that weather. Look, I agree if you think you shouldn't have played in it. But if you want to make it an excuse, Real Salt Lake was playing on the same pitch and under the same conditions as we were. No, that's a really good point. That's another reason as to why I looked up games that were played in snow, just to kind of go out there and say, hey, look, this has been done before. I am in complete agreement with you. There is no freaking excuses that the snow is a factor. Should the game have been played? Look, it got played. We've seen games under, I don't want to say crazier conditions, but we have seen snow games. It snowed, but it wasn't, I don't think it was 18 degrees, which still holds the record for the coldest game in Major League Soccer. But, you know, it... You could say like, oh, our players aren't used to it. They're not faced. That's horse poop. The guys who scored the goals in the game are Colombians. You know how cold <laughs> it gets in Colombia? I think the hot, the coldest month is uh, December, where it averages about 64 degrees, at least in Medellin, where Chicho Arango's from. So, yes, I don't buy into the uh, into the argument that, oh, it snows, our, our players are not, not used to it. Yeah, of course they're not used to it. But at the end of the day, they're professionals. You got to deal with the hands that are dealt. And if one team went out there and played, well, no excuse why the other team couldn't have played. And honestly, in the second half, LAFC did play. But one thing to also take into account, Scarf, you're a teacher. You would appreciate this. When you got lower temperatures, that's going to lead to lower pressure. And as the temperature decreases, gas molecules will move together, causing them to move around slowly with less energy. Hence, lower pressure leads to a lower bounce of the ball. And that's why you have a fully inflated football uh, that might appear deflated when the temperature drops dramatically. And uh, with, with the environmental factors there are with the snow, with all that pressure in there, no surprise that that football looked partially deflated. 
I'm not gonna lie, I kind of passed out when you were talking about all that science stuff there. That was pretty impressive. I got you passed uh, out. The teacher passed out. Well, it serves you right for bringing me up at nine in the morning to a podcast. Philly Philly Nye, the science guy here right now. This is uh, this is fun. That guy is cool. He is great. He is pretty great. Look, RSL came into the match oh one and one on the season and didn't look great. They they lost to a I mean a very good Miami team. I think. Carson's got to be feeling even better about that draw. I have yet to uh, say Miami is really, really good. I mean, not there yet. they looked pretty good yesterday with Suarez with two and Messi with two and Taylor scoring a goal. Who did they play? It, they, I'm just saying they looked Who did they good. Play? They played Orlando. Orlando's a solid club. Yeah, all right, fine. So uh, I just don't think of Orlando as a solid club, forgive me, but you're right. No, they are. Uh, two nothing uh, loss at Miami, and then leading one nothing away at St. Louis, and then blowing that lead and only taking a point, although it is still a point on the road, and a place where Philly, you and I talked about it a whole bunch yesterday. We are six and one against them coming into this match at uh, America's First Field. They had only won what six home matches last year out of out of fourteen, or excuse me, out of uh, what is that seventeen. Uh, six home matches out of 17. So not a place where they have played well over the last year or so. And that was certainly, I mean, look, whether notwithstanding, they also just executed in moments and we did not. 13-3-0 overall against RSL, outscoring them by a margin of 37-15. to 15. I was feeling a little high on my horse when we were doing one more sleep the other day, not taking in environmental factors. And last season, we split the series. Uh, RSL got their butts kicked at home 3 to nothing. Oh, actually, we did split the series? RSL fell 0-3 to at home in early May. And then, uh, yeah, oh, that's right, Chicho Arango scoring in the 81st. I will never forget that game. At home, Chicho's welcome back. Yep. Classy moment where he didn't celebrate in, in an overzealous way out of respect for the fans. And when asking, when he was asked by the media about it, I mean, he he showed the utmost respect. And so I love Chicho, but, you know, looking at him now wearing that gold jersey or whatever jersey uh, they're going to be wearing, I don't feel the same way anymore now that I did last season. So <laughs> safe to say, and I hope that same can go be said about all the rest of the millions and millions that we've all moved on from Chicho Orango. Yeah, look, I'll always have the soft spot in my heart. D- dare I say, by the way, as probably, you're getting older, you have many soft spots. <laughs> <laughs> probably the second most iconic moment of the week. Uh, other than Lionel Messi's what 500th club goal and the whole thing, where was it scored with his chest? He like barely touched the ball. And anyways, I, I think look, I'll say this: uh, if Tops doesn't make a soccer card of Chicho Arango doing a snow angel <laughs> after yeah. he scored that goal, that's I, I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty cool to see the celebration. And I had already resigned to us getting our butts kicked after the goal went in anyway. So. Look, I'm not saying I love the Chicho Arango celebration, but I kind of love the Chicho Arango celebration. So it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, no, you mentioned it, though. This is a club that we've dominated over the course of our first six years in the league. This this was rough. Um, look, I let's. I want to respond to this last comment here in the chat that says, I'm pretty sure RSL were expecting the snow for some time now. Of course, they were more prepared than LAFC, who had no clue. Totally disagree. We're, a, we're the most valuable 
club in Major League Soccer. We've got people up and down our bench that are supposed to be looking ahead at weather. We've got equipment managers that are supposed to have all kinds of different cleats ready for all kinds of different situations. But we have an Apple freaking iPhone, people, that you can just click on the weather app and it'll show you what the weather's going to be like for the next 12 to 16 hours. I, again, all the excuses about the weather. If we were the only ones playing in snow and somehow RSL got to play on a beautiful manicured pitch, I'd say, sure. But I just disagree. I just think all these weather complaints, you can argue whether the game should have been played or not, especially. I mean, the second half was just awful to watch. But uh, that's kind of what I'm responding to there with Christian's comments. Yeah, you know, I'm just putting it on the screen for those who um, I don't know if you made it disappear because I I, I flipped the screen. But also one other factor to take into account. uh, You mentioned his name. You gave him a birthday shout out. Uh, number seven all-time in the history of Major League Soccer with 114 goals. Ante Razov having played in Chicago. I mean, here's a guy in our on our coaching staff knowing the elements of the stadiums in and around Major League Soccer. Obviously, Steve's no slouch either, having played in the Bundesliga at Hanover 96. But, yeah, I, I, I don't buy into the rhetoric that the weather was this, the weather was that. Because yeah. had the game flip-flopped and we would have won 3-0, to zero, then, then what do we do there? It's then we make fun of the fact that RSL couldn't work, handle or work things out in their own element. I, yeah. I'm with you. I just think it's soft to look at the weather a, as an excuse, in particular when one team played. And look, let's face facts. LAFC was dangerous at times. I mean, Danny, we'll talk yeah. about it, but Danny Buanga, you know, got close. Danny Buanga's hit more posts and goalkeepers' gloves this season. We had our chances. We just couldn't convert. We had our shots on goal. We had our shots on target. We still played. Despite the elements, we still played. We just weren't clinical. And obviously, you know, after going down three to zero, that has a big impact on your psyche. Yeah. And look, there are plenty of games where we don't generate 1.0, whatever XG it was in perfect conditions, let alone snowy conditions. Totally agree. Uh, I think the one good thing, Q Cardi just brought this up and I was going to talk about it. I love that guy. We'll, we'll just talk about it right now. By the way, everybody in the chat, Soccer USA, you've made me laugh like four different times already. Uh, Ruben, Christian, Q Cardi, uh, everybody there. Uh, Nacho, again, you guys, thank you, the Coog, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, this The one good thing about this match, right, is that you don't take away anything from it that will last for the entire season or that you should have like, oh, this was a thing we really need to work on it's a one-off in my opinion. It's one of those time capsule games. Uh, what's his name? Kept mentioning it. Who was Max Bredos's partner? Uh, Brian Dunseth. Uh, yeah. Brian Dunseth kept mentioning, Oh, Wait. we're in a snow globe. We're in a snow globe. We're in a snow globe. Uh, you know what? You take that snow globe, you donate it to Salvation Army, and then you move on. And that's it. And the good part about this is you just look at it as a one-off. Like, okay, that was, that sucked. Let's just get on the airplane, get the hell out of there, get home. And we can just at least throw this one away and move on. The word of the day defenders for this game is mulligan. Every time I say the word mulligan, you take a drink. And I hope at this hour it is of coffee. The idea of doing tequila at 9 a.m. on a non-game day makes me sick. But for those of you who are unaware of what the term is, it's a golf term. It's a, it indicates second chance, a second chance to perform an action, in particular after your first attempt went awfully bad due to bad luck or a blunder. So we mulligan the crap out of this game and we move on. But before that, we still got to recap it. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's get into RSL with Pablo Mastroeni at the helm now for at least the second straight year comes out in his four, two, three, one. And look, I, I got to give him credit. I talked crap about him last year. I said, he's not a very good goalkeeper. He looked really good last year. I'm a maybe he's, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm busting your chops. 
Yeah, see, Dukuk, wait, Dukuk said that. I'll get to that in just a second. I'll leave that up for just a quick second. Uh, goalkeeper Zach McMath has played very, very well against us, looked great in this match, made a couple huge saves, really kept RSL uh, in it when they weren't leading and then way out in front when they were. Defenders Andrew Brody, Justin Glad, Marcelo Silva, and Bodie Hidalgo will be the new name that you mentioned. Everybody else has pretty much been there for RSL seasons past. Brian Ojeda, Emeka Anelli in the midfield, along with Diego Luna, who I absolutely love the kid. Diego Luna is really fun to watch. Andres Gomez, midfielder Matt Crooks, who definitely made his presence known, albeit after getting stoned a couple of times by Hugo Lloris, but I, I, I liked <laughs> the him. the kind of stone you're thinking of, 42 original. <laughs> I, I liked him in the match, and, and he was a guy who could have scored one or two goals in this match for sure, uh, was on the end of some beautiful passes. And captain Chicho Arango, they mentioned it. Uh, on the broadcast uh, that he is now their captain moving forward. So congrats to Captain Chicho Arango. The four names that we will mention as having subbed into the match, Pablo Ruiz, Michael Chang, Nelson Palacio, and Anderson Julio, all names that we are familiar with. And I was bummed because we were for a little bit going to see the 17-year-old kid Fidel Barajas, but unfortunately after the red card, they pulled him back and brought on Anderson Julio. So that was that. That was the lineup for Real Salt Lake Philly, uh, the lineup for LAFC. Just a couple of milestones to be aware of, defenders. Coming into today's game, Edward Atuesta, three matches away from 100 regular season in MLS. Ryan Hollingshead, three matches away from 200. Four matches for Ilya Sanchez. And then a couple of scoring milestones. And this is for you to take note because it's something we're going to obviously address and celebrate when the time comes. One more assist for Edward Atuesta. And that gives him the second most in-club history, despite not being here for a number of years. And then Ryan Holling said it's two goals away from 30 career Major League Soccer goals. Uh, he passed Graham Zuzzi, if I'm not mistaken. Or is he just still on the on the cusp of it, Scarf? I, I, I I'm going to double check, but I was pretty sure that he had passed Graham Zuzzi. But you, yeah, you keep going with did. the lineup and all, all right. that. You keep going. Hugo Lloris making his uh, second start as a member of the Black and Gold. Does his second game. And it's looking like old man winter with the way the snow was accumulating on his beard. I mean, for the most part, this is the same exact starting lineup. Actually, it is the same exact starting lineup as we had in our home opener against Seattle. In the back, you had Omar Campos, Aaron Long, Jesus David Murillo, and Ryan Hollingshead being the four in that 4-3-3. Edward Atuesta, Ilya Sanchez, Timothy Tillman rounding out your midfield. And then up top, Danny Boanga. Uh, Matus Bogush in the middle, and then Kike Oliveira, who he himself didn't exactly have a very good game. And then the players to note coming off the bench, uh, we'll talk about their debuts. Tomas Angel, Eddie Segura back. Uh, uh, Eric Duenas made his uh, first season feature. Nathan Ordaz and Senor Martinez, the 17-year-old Venezuelan who is going to potentially take Major League Soccer by storm. We're certainly hoping so because he comes in highly heralded. So many play, so many different countries, uh, teams in different countries wanted this young man, and somehow we got him. Thank you to John Thorrington in the front office, and there you have it. All right, real quick on the breakdown between Graham Zusi and Ryan Hollingshead. According to Transfer Market, they both have 35 goals in their career. 30 of Graham Zussi's 35 have come in the MLS regular season, just 28 in the regular season for Ryan Hollingshead. But they are tied 35 and 35. Graham Zussi, one in the playoffs, three in U.S. Open Cup, and one in the COVID Cup. MLS is back to Yes? You actually bring up a really good point uh, about something. Uh, okay. Just real Thank quick. You. We, should, 
Uh, are you going to get into the game recap? I just want to look. U.S. Open Cup, we, we have to mention that because it was big news. Uh, I'm not going to go too in-depth into it. We should have like a pod about this, and we'll be talking more about it because LAFC is one of the eight teams in Major League Soccer that will be competing in the MLS Open Cup to go along with what I believe nine or so uh, other teams from MLS Next Pro. And eight out of the nine CONCACAF Champions Cup teams, by the way, will not be competing in that U.S. Open Cup with the exception of U.S. Open Cup defending champions, Houston Dynamo. Uh, and so just obviously wanted to make a, a quick note of that. Uh, $300,000 goes to the winning team of the U.S. Open Cup. If you are in an MLS Next program or obviously somebody within USL, uh, that means something. 300000 in the grand scheme of things to LAFC. I don't know. Might be uh, might be a nice bonus for some of our players. But I did want to note that the teams that are going to be in there, Atlanta United, FC Dallas, Houston Dynamo, Sporting Kansas City, LAFC, Real Salt Lake, the San Jose Earthquakes, and the Seattle Sounders. So just uh, since that came out, wanted to say that. But obviously no Miami. None of the teams, to reiterate, that are in CONCACAF Champions Cup other than Houston will be competing. And then the next best or how they were selected to compete in the U.S. Open Cup. So there you have that. More on that later. And by I'm the way, it's save- 10 MLS clubs that have their pro teams uh, involved, not nine. I'm going to save my bold prediction for the U.S. Open Cup actually, when, we have that, uh, when we have that, that episode. I'm going to save my bold prediction because I have a very bold prediction for U.S. Open Cup. I've got it ready for you guys. But in the meantime, let's get into the game recap. Uh, first corner kick occurs just three minutes in. Of course, this is after the match was delayed two hours. That's right, two-hour match delay. And anytime they bring out the orange ball now, I'm going to have a little bit of PTSD. We played with the orange ball rather than the regular ball because the regular ball is white. You can't see the damn thing in the snow. So third minute, first <laughs> corner kick, a great corner kick from Edward Atuesta, but right to Matty Bogush. And just like Soccer USA said, <laughs> Ruben, you suck. Uh, right as uh, Soccer USA said, I expected more from Bogush being from Poland and all. Look. Matty Bogush could not. The ball hit him in the chest. Lionel Messi scores with his chest. What are you doing, Matty Bogush? The ball bounces right off his chest. Couldn't settle it down. And Deflated. Is that in mind? <laughs> what? Deflated ball. Lower temperature, lower pressure. Molecules moving slowly. I gave you a chemistry lesson. It, it hit him in the chest. It was should have like collapsed into his chest <laughs> if it was truly deflated. And before we could get another opportunity, Philly, lightning. That's right. Everybody indoors for at least a half an hour. They showed Ryan and team security, Paul, Ryan Hollingshead and team security, Paul, like looking at the match official going, yeah, but then why did we start? What the what the hell's going on here? Like three minutes in and now we have to come back out. They showed the 3252. They were loud, but they looked cold as all heck. And so a match that was supposed to start at 11, that then started at about 105. Now flash forward to two. 5 p.m. on the restart. Another 45, 50 minute delay or so. Dude, I do remember all that wild times. 76. Yeah, I like that. Uh, uh, 2.05 essentially now is the start time. So it got delayed three hours. Uh, we played what three minutes and 42 seconds, I think they said, right? Is the was the kick. Uh, and then Chicho Arango, by the way, Philly, in the seventh minute. He settled the ball in the box and rifled it right at Hugo Lloris. 
a great save. Really good distribution after that, too, by the way. But we have seen Hugo Lloris come up big for us early on in the season already. I mean, no surprise. World-class it doesn't even matter that he is of age. Look, your favorite player of all time, Gigi Buffon, went into his 40s. We've had had players that have had longer, not that many players that have had longer careers that do really good things behind goal. And obviously Hugo Lloris, a commanding presence in there with some really good distribution, by the way. Uh, you, you mentioned the delay. You know, it's funny. If you had no idea about the elements of the game and all you did was watch the seven minute replay of the highlights, you'd think what in the hell happened within two minutes because you got a green pitch in Sandy, Utah. Then all of a sudden, you know, you are playing in a slow, in a snow globe and goes to show you that Don Garber and major league soccer's wishes are greater than mother nature. Cause mother nature didn't want this game to be played with everything she threw at both teams. The Guns N' Roses may have popularized the song Welcome to the Jungle, but, uh, you know, Welcome to the Tundra is what yesterday was. Ice and snow, 60 below, made a bunch of happy Eskimos. Oh, absolutely ridiculous that that, that match was played. Either way, uh, ninth-minute corner for LAFC and another good one from Edward Atuesta. This is something I think that he's improved upon so much since he left us last. And this time it's Ryan Hollingshead who can't corral it a couple of early opportunities. Then we had Kike with a shot on goal from close in the 13th minute, a good save by Zach McMath, uh, a long free kick that was cleared away for a corner by Edward Atuesta in the 15th minute. We were really pushing, 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 pushing uh, in the first 15 minutes or so. And then all that for not after a, a bit of bad footwork by Omar Campos, perhaps getting caught up in the snow, perhaps just getting turned around by Andres Gomez, but Philly, uh, the goal there in the 18th minute really seemed to energize not just Real Salt Lake as a whole, but it's like Andres Gomez went into the phone booth, took off the RSL jersey and put on Superman's cape for the next 15, 20 minutes. He looked absolutely incredible. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, Omar Campos put on literally in, on ice skates in that scenario. Diego Luna was the one who started things off in the midfield, got a great pass in uh, into Chicho. And then Gomez just made that beautiful run and <laughs> powdered dust is all that we got to see. And he just lets one go. And right off the bat, one to zero, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's unfortunate uh, that, you know, we see it that way. But going back to your point about us not being conditioned to play in snow, 17 minutes, we're obviously trying to make an effort into this game. We're, we're not completely depleted and deflated by it. But for the naysayers that say, oh, well, you know, these players aren't accustomed to those conditions. Again, neither is Andres Gomez hailing <laughs> from Colombia, who got an assist from Chicho Arango, who hails from, oh, Colombia. Players that live in South America in warmer temperatures uh, made mincemeat out of the black and gold. Just so frustrating. Look, we didn't think it would be a sign of things to come for Omar Campos, but unfortunately it was. Uh, in the 21st minute, actually, Andres Gomez got one taken back because he was clearly offside uh, on, a, on a pass. He was a, a good four or five feet offside. Uh, he found the back of the net uh, after he skirted around Hugo Lloris, but uh, didn't matter again, so... Still no, but talk nothing. about Chicho poking that ball away from Ilya. And I don't know if Ilya made contact with Chicho's head or whatever shortly after that. You got to go back and watch that replay because you see Ilya trying to move forward. Chicho comes in with a slide tackle from behind. And then it really did look like he made contact with Ilya as he went down. But he played some 
really good defense, which led to Gomez having that uh, potential run. And, you know, he, uh, he utilized his inner mighty duck triple deking. I know it's hockey, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you said it called for offside. Yeah, 25th minute, Andres Gomez giving Omar Campos some more fits. I mean, he's everywhere right now. Uh, Diego Luna with the corner kick. Uh, in the 26th minute, Zach McMath did do his best. And we'll, we'll get to Marlon's question a little bit about Denny. I'll just leave it up there so we don't forget, because you and sure. I have that tendency to go all ADHD. Well, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll say it right now. I'll, I'll just say what I think. He's hit the post two or three times. He's hit a crossbar. He, he's fine. He's just been a little unlucky to start the season. Philly, your quick thoughts on Denny Bowanga? We'll go. No, I'm. I'm I, I said it earlier. He's hit more posts than than yeah. goalkeepers' gloves. So he's yeah. gotten his opportunities. He's creating them. He's centimeters away from threading the netting. So it's only a matter of time. I would be more concerned if he didn't have those kind of quality shots. But he has shown quality and his attempts. He's still aggressive. He still has that motor. Nothing from his performance or his desire and hunger to score has changed, which is why I don't feel any anxiety about that no absolutely uh in the 26th minute doing his best to be tyler miller zach mcmath coming all the way out and i mean all the way out and then forgetting there was snow behind him took him a while to recover but rsl was able to defend i mean we saw denny bawanga in the 28th minute absolutely flew by his man down that left hand side and a great cross to kike Oliveira, and kike put it on frame philly nothing that uh nothing that you don't want to see out of that play but again zach mcmath with a great save in the 28th minute. And then as we hit the half hour mark, you got Kike Oliveira earning us another corner. The ball deflected out to Matty Bogush and Philly. He almost did what he did last week. This week again, took that shot, top bins, looking for that corner. And it was a full diving stop from Zach McMath to make that save. What we have seen from Matty Bogush from distance, right? He's got a little bit more finesse, a little bit more curl, but it reminds me since he's playing, I mean, I know right now he's kind of playing up top. He's playing a false nine. He's dropping back into the midfield. He's doing all kinds of stuff, but it kind of reminds me. What was that face, by the way? He kind of reminds me put. of uh, of Jose Cifuentes' best efforts from outside the box, but maybe even a little bit more. I like Marlon's questions. Marlon, we're going to get to that question too. But What's Philly, thir oh. 30 minutes in. Keep that uh, there. Matty Bogush, by the way, Matty Bogush doing some great things for us this season on offensive end. Yeah, I mean, I like him up top. He's he, he seems to be a natural fit. My concern, though, for the time being is, well, I guess not really necessarily a concern. Like we talk about how thin we are in the midfield. Obviously, if we sustain any kind of injuries or if Ilya gets like a pull groin or whatever, I'm not, you know, poking at Ilya for any other reason other than the fact that, you know, I still will remember that final season in Sporting Kansas City where Peter Vermees absolutely wore him out. But, I mean, that would make sense to obviously drop Matty back and then utilize one of the other forwards that they had brought in. But, yes, Bogush looking really, really good uh, doing things. And you've hated on him so much, Scarf. Zach McMath had six wow. brilliant saves yeah. in yesterday's game. He really should be, if you hand out stars for uh, the games, he should be one of them because as bad as you think he is, believe it or not, Yesterday, he earned his 61st shutout in his professional career. Not bad for a player who you think is, well, awful. Listen, uh, what he's been, I said this at the top. I apologized when I was announcing him in the starting lineup the last two seasons for RSL. He's been very good. That's what I get for hating on him. I hated on Dax McCarty, right? And then we found out he's like one of the world's greatest humans and does like all kinds of great stuff. And I got all kinds of grief for that. So 
Maybe I should just keep my hate on the uh, on the inside. But yeah, Zach McMath. No, no, no. Very... Do the opposite. Praise them, and then you know set the expectation <laughs> high, go. and then let them falter underneath the pressure. But yeah, I I, I think you're right. If we're if we're giving out stars, right? He's probably the third star, maybe the second star of the game. If we're doing the yeah, hockey McMath thing, was great. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, thirty uh, third minute, both uh, Murillo and Altuesta given warnings uh, by the official uh, Edward for persistent infringement infringement and Murray for chirping and those will come back to haunt them very shortly 35th minute which would be about two minutes away two minutes away from the warning he just got edward atuesta with a yellow as the foul uh look they literally just warned him for persistent infringement two minutes ago i i did want to mention in the 34th minute right before that one of my favorite things I saw was diego luna go to take a corner kick and literally have to like scoop out piles of snow so he could put the ball down on the corner it was ugh, it was uh it was absolutely it, it was brutal these you think now that he's making a couple of more bucks in his life diego luna could uh you know kind of work on some of those tattoos that he has those <laughs> little like cheapy like like i don't know it just looked like he he had a friend who just got started stenciling at the age of 12 tattoo give him his tattoos and right. i look i have bad tattoos as well but i mean some of the tattoos diego luna has a particular in places that you know you can't hide underneath the suit yeesh fix those up brother yeah they're not great ojeda with a yellow for rsl on the 37th uh more trouble 42nd minute and it's omar campos getting badly beaten once again i i was just confused he just stood there as the ball went over the top of his head. He didn't try to go mark Diego Luna afterwards. And then he made the fatal mistake. You see Aaron Long coming back into frame to try and defend a little bit better. And instead of staying on the outside with his man, Omar Campos came to the middle where Aaron Long was already kind of starting to take away that angle, but actually right in front of Hugo Lloris. Uh, and then unfortunately, Hugo Lloris caught completely flat-footed there's just so many things that Omar Campos did on that play that were absolutely infuriating. But Diego Luna, little soft touch pass to Andres Gomez for the brace and a nightmare of a first half got worse for Omar Campos. <laughs> yeah. 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 Look, I, this is where I want to utilize the word of the day mulligan so now if you were privy to that first mention if you're just coming on right now anytime the word mulligan gets mentioned on today's episode, take that sip of coffee. It is 9.50 in the morning and getting, you know, I think it's about appropriate where you could start having mimosas and Bloody Marys in 10 minutes. Why not? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, so, yeah mull mulligan moment for Omar Campos. But just as you said, things couldn't get, you know, worse. They went from worse to worse this, I, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> What's worse than worse? Atrocious, I suppose. It oh. begins with an A, first letter of the alphabet. But, of course, it's only fitting that we had our very own well, formerly our very own Chicho Arango score before all things go into halftime, and 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 Gomez gets is going to get credit for the assist on setting this up. And this just goes back to my argument about how these players aren't conditioned to to play in snow; they're from warmer climates. This, this, and that again, soft excuses because you had goals by Colombians and assists by Colombians. <laughs> I can't help but reiterate that. It's just, I hate seeing the weather was a factor as an excuse because
because honestly, those excuses make us all look soft. Y'all love the Lakers, right? Y'all love Kobe Bryant here in Los Angeles. Insert that meme where he shakes his head and goes soft. That's exactly (laughs) what our excuses about the weather being a factor is as a whole to us, to the rest of Major League Soccer, held to the teams in the Finnish Super League that play in the Arctic Circle. Soft. No excuses in particular. When do Colombians take advantage of that? Yeah, look, in boxing, some fights have a three-knockdown rule where they call it after that, and I felt like that third goal was a TKO for RSL. I felt like in the first half, match was already decided. All due respect to the ability that we have to come back from things like that, but I, I just it didn't seem like it was in the cards. We go down 3 nothing at the half. Halftime could not have come soon enough. No subs for anybody, Philly. In the second half, Wild. so we came. We came out. I volunteered to sit the bench at that point. Yeah, but you know what? I felt like what Steve probably said in the locker room was, "Guys, first of all, that was the worst first half I think that that he's had to see as a coach. But also, let's go out there and let's see if we can just do something in the first five to ten minutes, just something to get our heads back in it, to get the scoreline back in it." Uh, yeah, yeah, no, d- d- we'll, we'll talk about him in a minute. Yes, I agree. Um, but here's, here's my take. If you look at the way we played up until about the 50th minute, the first five minutes, Philly, we came out completely on the front foot in the second half. We had a great long free kick by Edward Atuesta with Aaron Long forcing a save on that header, even though he kind of used Chicho Arango as a springboard on that one. Uh, but but he looked great on the header. I mean, it was it, it was a beautiful free kick. And again, Edward Atuesta, if there's one way that we are not missing Carlos Vela right now so far this season, it's on the free kicks. Losing Carlos Vela and Kellen Acosta are two free kick specialists. Uh, it was it, it was something I was worried about coming in the season. Edward Atuesta has been incredible. And then in the next minute or so, Kike got in behind and another save from Zach McMath. I know. Uh, Zach McMath with another big save on Kiki Oliveira. Five minutes in, we're looking good. And then Mario gets a yellow. LAFC's bench, likely Ante Razov gets a yellow for Chirpin. And I think that's when the frustration just kind of boiled over. And then in the 52nd minute, when Omar Campos went down again, I was like, ring the bell, ring the bell, throw in the towel, cut him, cut him. I just wanted to keep yelling at Omar Campos, get up, Rock, get up. But he was always. <laughs> You're finished, you know, Omar. You're all <laughs> washed up. You got to eat lightning and crap thunder. <laughs> he was definitely crapping something out there. That's for sure. But, uh, and look, again, Omar, this was a terrible match for you. Agreed. What, what's we the are... word that the Coog said in the chat, by the way? Which were uh, Mulligan? Yay, coffee yeah. break. Wait. I feel like we're on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Somebody accidentally says the, the magic word and the cherry goes nuts and everything else. But. No, uh, this, again, Omar, as bad of a match that you played, we're taking this snow globe and we're donating it to Salvation Army. We're done. This is it. This is, it's, a, it's a thing. Uh, so that's about it. Uh, Philly, my boy, almost scored in the 53rd minute. Matt Crooks, come on. Matt Why are you Crooks. so excited about that? Because <laughs> I, I, I picked him and he actually played, unlike my pick to click last week. I, I, we would have to go back to last season to see how many of your picks during One More Sleep didn't feature. At, at least five or six, by the way. At least five or six. Bare minimum. What you don't get is a... Mulligan? Hey! hey! I think you now have tequila in the cup. That's why you want me to keep saying it personally. 
Look, 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 let's uh, let's not get it twisted. I am not that crazy. I am un poco loco en la cabeza, but not completely loco en la cabeza. This is the only reason I'm this aunt is because it's actually my second cup of coffee. I had two cups <laughs> of coffee to get up for this 9 a.m. pod, which I still feel is cruel and unjust for me, not for the millions. And uh, I hate doing stuff in the mornings. I just I do. All right, there's there's not much more, I'll be perfectly honest, that I want to talk about in the second half, but a couple of quick things. Philly, 54th minute, your boy hits the post. Yeah, yes, he does hit the post. Yeah, my boy. But M- Matty Bogush getting involved, gets behind, has a nice pass to find Danny Buanga. I'm loving Matty Bogush right now. He's been he's my player of, of the season in his two games that we've had. I noticed that you have a, a race to the shield segment, which I think is a little too premature. But if we're gonna like go that far out, Matty Bogush so far for my MVP on LAFC. But <laughs> Denny Bowanga hits he beats McMath. Somebody re- beat McMath. The ball got behind McMath. Unfortunately, maybe due to a, a little bit of snow and a deflated ball that had the lower pressure in it. He hits the post again. Uh, quality chance, quality efforts by Denny Bowanga, and he's finding them. It's just he's got a magnet between his boot and the post because he's hitting that significantly. Yeah, Would that have changed things around in the time frame that we're playing in? Maybe. It's only 10 minutes within the second half, but – that's really the offense that we provided. The most deadly, in my opinion, uh, effort of the second half. Yeah, something we saw that was interesting in the 58th minute, right before the hour mark, Ilya comes off, and it looked like on the broadcast you could see him handing the armband to Murillo, and we thought, oh, wow, that's cool. Jesus Murillo is now going to be the captain. Nate Bo- uh, Nate, uh, Nate Bogush. <laughs> Nathan Ordaz Nate comes Bogush. on for Ilya Sanchez. But what we found out was that the armband uh, went from Murillo to Ryan Hollingshead. So Ryan Hollingshead, the captain, when Ilya Sanchez comes off, Chicho gets a yellow in the 59th. And then Hugo Lloris, my boy Matt Crooks, again gets behind the defense. But Hugo says no once again. A little one-two combination play there from Chicho to Matt Crooks. And it's Hugo with another big save. Hugo keeping us in. and. Man, a guy who's come back from several knee injuries. You're telling me you want to sub on Eddie Segura into this match for Omar Campos. Uh, Eric Duenas coming on for Edward Atuesta. And Philly, it was really, 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 really interesting to see what happened. So now on the back line, you've got Aaron Long and Jesus Murillo. But most of the time, you've got Ryan Hollingshead on the right and Omar Campos on the left. What they did was they switched Ryan Hollingshead moved from the right to the left-hand side, and that left Eddie Segura playing right back. Look, I talked about Luca Bombino at the start of this. Luca Bombino, the 17-year-old kid, was likely our best and only true option at right back coming into this match because Sergi Palencia was out with illness. So instead of putting the <laughs> no allergies, I was reading about it on the medical report. <laughs> uh, instead of a baptism by fire that Luca Bombino was going to get, play actually baptism by snow uh, <laughs> that uh, Philly just shaved. He did. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I thought that it says a lot about our depth, Philly, on the back line. If it's Eddie Segura coming in at right back and Ryan now having to switch over to left back. 
I was terrified knowing that Eddie Segura was coming in after the injuries he sustained yes. to play in those elements. If there was ever a time for him to, God forbid, get another injury, it would have been that. But, you know, that's the beauty about Ryan Hollingshead is that type of versatility. We saw that a number of times last season, how he would flip from one side to the other when we wouldn't have Cheeky Palacios. And that's the advantage that he brings to us, that veteran presence, uh, the ability to switch from left to right, but also that goal-scoring prowess that we alluded to earlier in the pod. Babyface Philly, you have to to show that in there. I think the hat is really what's making me babyface. I've been debating, (laughs) you know those advertisements that we're seeing a lot of on in, on social media, the jaws are size things. I've been really, I, I figured what the hell, you know, I was a sucker and I bought the Abtronic 20 years ago thinking that was going to electrify me into a six pack. I figured what the hell, let me buy the jaw thing. I'm going to tell you, I think it kind of works, which is why I've had no problem shaving lately. Cause I feel a little, anytime I go on air to call these college basketball games and there's camera time, or if I watch any of these college basketball games, there aren't that many guys with beards. So I figured, let me, Fix the jawline up a little bit. Let me start to shave, and then here we are. See, I like what Eric <laughs> says. Grow, grow the, the beard. beard. Uh, um, it's look. I'm all for it because it covers more of his face. So that's that's fine by me. So, uh, Philly in the what 71st minute, Kike Oliveira again, one v one with Zach McMath, and McMath making another big save. I know. I know I'm, I'm giving him some love. I, I thought Ryan Hongstead did a great job of tracking down crooks from behind right before that. Some, some decent soccer being played in the second half. Uh, Pablo Ruiz and Michael Chang coming on for crooks and Gomez in the 73rd. And then in the 76th minute, the, the only bit of good notable news in this match was that two players have now made their debut for LAFC two players that we had been looking forward to seeing uh, since they were announced in preseason, not really the way that we were hoping. And, and they talked about this, uh, Dunseth and Max Bredos on the broadcast. They're sitting down, they're telling their grandkids, hey, dad, what was the, the grandpa, what was the first time you ever played in Major League Soccer? <laughs> it well, was a dark and snowy night, let me tell you. <laughs> you couldn't see anything. The wind factor was there. It was bone chilling. Hugo Lloris was looking like Santa Claus. It was unbearable. <laughs> What accent is that? I love it. So I don't know. Much. Why do I have, why does, why does Hello Kitty sound like, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire? I don't know. It just popped into my head. I don't know. It's definitely not Tomas on Hell or David Martinez's accent, but either way, number. More, it would be more Tomas than, than David. That's very true. Number 21, Tomas on Hell checking into the match for the first time. Uh, Tomas on Hell checks in for Matty Bogush and David Martinez for Kike Oliveira. If you're scoring at home, that would be number 21, Tomas Angel, and number 30 for David Martinez. And congrats on making your debuts, guys. It'll be a story that you'll never forget. I just, not the way we would have wanted to make their debut. Uh, by the way, other players to wear number 21, Philly, in case you were Oh, curious. my God. You were literally on the same wavelength I am. I literally was about to try to stump the scarf. All right. Go on. So. Number 21, Marco Ureña, yep. Christian Ramirez, and the last player to do it was on our team for quite some time, but didn't quite make the impact that we wanted. That would be Christian Torres wearing number 21. Oh, I, I can't believe we were literally on the same wavelength with that. By the way, Marco Ureña, Ureña, the first player ever in LAFC history to score a goal. I know what you're thinking, but 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 it was Diego Rossi in the 11th minute against the Sounders. Ah, 
on the campus of UCLA, it was Marco Ureña who kicked things off for LAFC. True story. Who wore number 30 last year? Do you remember, Philly? 30 last year uh, would obviously yeah. have to be somebody who wasn't utilized as much. Uh, he had snow sickness for this game. Oh, Sergey Palencia. Sorry. Yeah. Sergey no. Palencia wore 30 last year. He, uh, I don't know what his number is right now because he hasn't, he didn't play for us yesterday. Uh, I don't remember what it was last week. And then Tomas Romero also, by the way, wearing number 30 for LAFC. David Martinez will, in my opinion, go down as the greatest number 30 that LAFC has ever had. We'll see oh. how that goes. Uh, and then Philly, a weird moment where we got a red card and then we didn't get a red card, but then we got a red card anyway. It was pretty funny. Uh, the uh, referee initially brought out a straight red as Brian Ojeda ran completely through Timothy Tillman with like a two-footed tackle. But then he went over to the monitor because there's nothing we needed more than added stoppage time in this blizzard that we were playing. So he goes over to the monitor, looks at it, and goes, no, you know what? That foul's not a straight red card. It's only a yellow card foul, but it was the player's second yellow to begin with. So we get a red anyway, and we took eight minutes or whatever to do it. This is for those of you that are watching. I'm going to do a dramatization of that exact moment. And there you have it. You got to wave off the red card first. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, hold on. Wave it <laughs> off. This is this is riveting YouTube. Red, red. <laughs> it was funny. I I'll admit it was. I can hear like the the, the old vaudeville era like piano being played <laughs> as he's doing it in the background, like a silent film comedy from the the Charlie Chaplin era. Yeah, that's uh, what I thought of when I saw that. And then Philly on your bingo card, did you have Aaron Long playing the number nine in this? <laughs> no i can't say that i have <laughs> did I, you I, by the way i i, I gotta give a shout out bingo <laughs> i gotta give a shout out to max bredos uh max bredos on the broadcast he, he he mentioned my name for a very quick second because i was texting him because max bredos made an error that you and i would get in serious trouble for did you notice the error that he made on the broadcast and then he corrected himself no i that totally slipped me what happened Cal State Riverside came out of his mouth. Oh my God! <laughs> and, talking and about Aaron Long, this. right? Uh, yeah, it was. It, we were talking about UC Riverside. Yep, that's that's where it came about. He said he used to play the number nine when he was at Cal State Riverside. And I frantically, I texted Max. I was like, Max, oh my God, you can't, you can't look the, the Cal State and the UC people because I know there are plenty of you out there that went to Cal States and UCs. You know that you can't mix up the Cal States and the UCs. Otherwise, you people, and I mean you people that went to Cal States and UCs, go absolutely bonkers and ridiculous. Uh, but, uh, I, and Max mentioned, he's like, oh, Scarf just texted me, I apologize. UC Riverside, and he mentioned on the broadcast, hey, do you know the mascot of the uh, UC Riverside? And Brian Dunseth went, no, no, I don't. I, I know, I know, where did he go to school? Was it Cal State Fullerton or... Cal State, Northridge. I don't know. I don't remember which one he said. But, of course, the reason why I mention this, you guys, is Philly all season. One of the reasons why we're doing this pod right now instead of last night, Andy Dios's favorite nocturnal podcast becoming Andy Dios's favorite morning cup of coffee podcast is that Philly has been doing play-by-play for all manner of sports at UC Riverside, men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball. Uh, he had the opportunity to do tennis, but Philly says he's too good to call the sport of tennis, so he doesn't want to be a part of that empire. Uh, but either way, you guys, the reason why it was so important to us, they mentioned that particular one, because, yes, Aaron Long went to UC Riverside and was coached by the current coach of LAFC2, by the way, and we'll talk about more, more about Junior once the season starts. But 
That's why I had to mention it. Philly has been killing it over at UCR. Uh, killing it and not, not sleeping. Yeah, yesterday was dope. I don't know if you saw the highlights, that overtime game between men's basketball, Highlanders versus Hawaii. That was great. But to answer your question about Dunny, he was a uh, he went to Cal State Fullerton. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So so we're we really get a red card. Content with this game being like in the poop shed. I know, right? Uh we get uh we get Aaron Long playing the nine. We get a red card. We get Anderson Julio coming on for Chicho Arango, and then eight. Eight minutes of stoppage time. Who the hell needs eight minutes? And, and the worst possible thing, Philly, I freaked out in the sixth minute. Hugo Lloris goes to make a save near against on the post and stayed down for a second. And I was like, if we lose Hugo to injury because we are playing in three inches of snow on the pitch, I was going to lose my mind. There you go. That's yeah. Uh, I was gonna lose my mind, but luckily the game just ended three nothing, and Steve was pissed. Yeah, just just a couple things, and then you know, there's questions that I'd like to address. Uh, the snow being a factor, we ended up having more shots than RSL did. Uh, five to be exact, sixteen to eleven. Both shots are on target. We had. The vast majority of possession, but where we really struggled was our passing game. Our passing game arguably got to be our worst within franchise history. I'd have to take a look at the stats, but 62%. Actually, there was a windy game last season, I believe, that was just about as bad. But 62% passing accuracy, awful. We had our shots, our set pieces, eight corners. Uh, We got caught offside three times. You can't say that we didn't try to contribute and have an impact on the game. Weather aside, we still still did our things, just couldn't convert on our opportunities. Our XG wasn't where you know we would have liked it to be, but we tried. By all means, we tried. And so at least we have to give the boys the thumbs up for that uh for that effort. I mean, we could give the F to Major League Soccer for allowing that game to happen, but that's going to transition into one of those questions that was asked earlier on. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. If it were Miami in LAFC's place, do you think MLS would have allowed that game to continue? Scarf, I'll let you toggle with that one real quick. 100% they would have, and I want to tell you why. Google, Lionel Messi playing in the snow. I haven't done it yet. I don't know what you'll find out, but you know what? I don't remember ever seeing a picture of Lionel Messi playing in the snow. Can you imagine MLS getting to put out into the world pictures of Lionel Messi playing for a club in Miami of all places? Is he? Is are there pictures of Lionel Messi in the snow during his time at PSG? He uh, he had a hat trick of assists. Of course he did in the snow. All right. So I want to see, I wanted to see that beard of Lionel Messi. We saw Hugo's beard. Absolutely. It'd be old man winter. Lionel Messi, pink kit in the snow. Of course, MLS would have let it happen. I think it would have been great. It would have been a spectacle. And MLS would have marketed the hell out of it for the entire time. Messi in the snow. Those are my thoughts. Philly, do you think they would have let it happen? Yeah, of course. I mean, with the way they're allowing Miami to run the wheels off of all these elderly elderly statesmen, 100%. An opportunity to get to see them play uh, wherever they are, sure. Messi, unless he truly is injured, MLS is going to parade him in as many venues as they possibly can. But in the event that they would have had this scheduled and they were going to go play in Sandy, Utah, 
was trying to think where could they have played. Uh, I mean, maybe they could have played in the same arena that hosts Brigham Young. Because, I mean, they're they're right around Salt Lake City. I forget exactly what town the University of Utah is in, but the Utes have a pretty big stadium. Yeah, they would have paraded them out there and all things would have happened. It would have sure. been catastrophic if they would have gotten hurt in playing in snow. But, yeah, they would have paraded them out there. No question. Yeah. No, totally. I totally agree. Uh, there are a lot of people talking about the the yellow card, red card situation. Uh, the bottom line is you can get yellow card accumulation does have to do with the uh, it factors into why they did it that way. But mm-hmm. the bottom line was this. The referee did not think it was a straight red foul. It's a straight yellow foul. And, and what I like about it is you referee every foul as if it were in a bubble. And so when you look at that and you say, look, I think that's a yellow card foul. You don't take into account whether or not they had a yellow card to begin with, because it doesn't matter. You referee that particular foul, which is what he did. So, so that's, that's why that happened. Uh, Marlon Vela's question. Ruben is asking, what about Marlon Vela's, what about Marlon's Vela question? Do I, do we think that Car- the, the, the ghost, there it is. the Paul of Carlos Vela is a distraction to the team? Um, Philly, you want to take this one first? No, because I think Timothy Tillman addressed it in the press conference last week that while it would be phenomenal to have him back at LAFC, they're they're functioning and moving forward. And this also gives other players an opportunity to go out and fight for playing time that would otherwise be given to Carlos Vela. The only thing that was just, you know, surprising is when Aaron Long mentioned, like, Carlos's stuff is still in the locker room at the Performance Center. We have had those rumors, and even Tom Bogert went out and said that they are in advance talks for him to go to San Jose, which we talk, We also mentioned on One More Sleep. Um I think it would suck, but obviously Carlos doesn't owe us a damn thing. Uh, I think we got everything out of Carlos that we needed to in terms of a player. He's going to get a statue regardless. It would be great, though, for him to have that farewell tour. Same way the Yankees did it for Derek Jeter. Same way, obviously, Kobe got to do it as a member of the Lakers. You want your star player to stay within your franchise. But then you can't blame Carlos for wanting to take a bag of money to go to San Jose because it's not like he's going to do it for like 1.5 or, or, or any kind of TAM money. He would go in to a designated player spot. And, you know, from what I'm being told, I think San Jose's run uh, or owned by the same exact guy that owns the Oakland A's. I'm not mistaken on that. So, you know, if that's the case, I'd have to double fact check that. Somebody's told that to me the other day and I scratched my head at it. But, you know, the decision making <laughs> for the Oakland A's franchise hasn't been great. So if they want to take Carlos Vela off our hands for a boatload more money than we would pay him, giving us that designated player spot, so be it. I love Carlos. I don't blame him, though, and I don't think he owes us anything. I don't think it's a distraction. I, I'm just going to say, I mean, you've said a lot of different things there, so we'll, I'll, I'll just kind of leave it be, but I'll, I'll say this. I think it could be a little bit of a distraction. Uh, Michael Scott said at one point, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Uh, I think that in that same way, I don't think it's a big distraction, but I think it's a little bit of a distraction at some point. Uh, who would you like to give the DP spot? I've said it over and over again. If you're listening, Bobby Firmino, please come to LAFC. I would love to get what? Roberto Firmino. That what? would be, yep, give me Roberto Firmino. Uh, let's make it happen. I love midfielders, guys. In my in my top five or ten players of all time is uh, Andrea Pirlo, Andres Iniesta, Roberto Firmino. Those, those are my guys. I love good midfielders. Hey, hang on a second. Who Who's the third Designated player. I just know Espinosa and Grezo as the as the DPs for San Jose. No, Who I believe you're correct. I I I, I was looking at yeah, it. Yeah, they too. only have two. Uh Espinosa and Grueso as designated players are the only two that I see on the roster. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, according to the uh, uh, according to MLS's current uh, thing. So I would love to see Bobby Firmino. But look, the bottom line is this: it, it, here's one Philly, and and I just don't think it'll mm. happen because I still I think he's too good. But this may end your marriage. Oh I, God, Olivier Giroud. Absolutely, I think. <laughs> yeah, it, my name. Ladies, if there are any ladies that listen to this, if they sign on to LAFC, I'm officially single, I guess. Yeah. Uh, if if Olivier Giroud comes to LAFC, Panda leaves Philly. That's that's how the order of operations works. It's very simple. Philly already knows this. We've talked about it. Um, but I, I do think Olivier Giroud would be an incredible addition for the first uh, for the for the rest of the season. <laughs> Philly doesn't want it. Look, I think Antoine Griezmann is obviously a name that everybody wants. Everybody associates with Carlos Vela, though. So I don't know. I'll say this. In John and front office, we trust. They haven't done us wrong yet. Obviously, we had questioned them over you know shorter periods of time. But we do know that, and I'll utilize your term, Thorington's playing chess, whereas the rest of the GMs in this league are playing checkers. He is several steps ahead of, of everybody when it comes to the planning. I'm just very curious as to where we are going to be in terms of depth pieces because that's the only place I feel that we're going to struggle. I think we bring out a very strong and formidable starting lineup. My fear is if somebody in the midfield gets hurt, what are we going to do then obviously we talked about how they'd move Matty Bogush from up top to the midfield, but that's where I'd like to see us improve. No, for wow, sure. we're at an Actually, hour and 12 already. Doesn't even feel like it. No. And look, I, I think it's also the wingbacks. Uh, what we saw already with having to play a little bit of musical chairs on the back line with Ryan Hollingshead and Eddie Segura. I think we need to bring in another wingback, especially because if it's just Sergi Palencia and then as much as I love 17 year old Luca Bombino, I don't think it's his time yet. Uh, we saw them try to like use the Bambino Paisan. I know I love this kid, Luca Bambino. He's going to be really, really good. But I do want to remind everybody our first 12 matches, seven home, five away, are all one week apart. We all have PTSD from last year, where it was Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, for like three months at a time. But I think what's really going to help us this year is the fact that. We got 12 matches that are all a week apart. So I think that could be good. Uh, Jay Gutierrez says we are getting Luca. Does he mean Luca Modric? I don't know. Either way. Uh, Philly, I, I think, uh, are you with me? Are you? Are you? What? Oh, there you what? are. Okay. What? I just thought you were frozen. You did this thing where you didn't move for a little bit, but you've been frozen. <laughs> so. I, was doing, I was just trying to find a question that I wanted to address. Uh, yeah, there it is. Thank you. Go for it. Oh, uh, no, so I'm at my house. This is Casa de la Scarf here, also in Lawndale. Uh, and the microphone that we have been using over at the uh, semi-famous scarf wall, it, it's kind of given some feedback. It's It doesn't sound so great. So we got to fix the microphone issues. So for now, I'll be here uh, in front of the blinds. But I, you know, I have to say, do something. oh, do you have anything else? I just had like one final thought before. No, we, uh... fi final thought. <laughs> please no, Gomez Jr. Please no. <laughs> At least for my particular case, my sanity, you know, my, my, my marriage is all contingent upon Olivier Giroud not coming to LAFC. If he does, I officially become a free agent. I <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to remind everybody, my take on this match at the very end of the day is it's a snow globe. It's a one-off. Donate the snow globe to Salvation Army and we're good. Move on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the word, the word, the final time we're going to use it today. Yeah. 
Mulligan. It's a mulligan. Don't freak out about it. Lost against RSL in terrible conditions. We still did our thing. The boys still left it all out there. So what? It's going to happen. The only thing that's sad is our undefeated season is over. Alluding, I think it was Soccer USA's comment. It doesn't matter uh, at the end. What I will say matters is the fact that so many of you joined us on this pod uh, on Sunday morning. And I here I was thinking that I was being punished, having to wake up early to like do this in front of an audience of nobody. But plenty of y'all came through. I love how lively the chat was, and it was very engaging. I think there's something to be said about this scarf. I'd prefer, believe it or not, to do this at a 9, 10 a.m. on a Sunday, the day after an LAFC game, as opposed to doing this 11 p.m., 12 a.m. that day after we've been out. All day. I, I feel energized, refreshed, time to kind of think about things. And provided it's not a Sunday going into Monday, I, I kind of like this format. Well, you know, let's we'll put it out there to the millions. And millions. Jeez. Uh either well, on, on Twitter or Instagram. My name twice. We'll uh we'll put a poll you are now out there. At the we'll... Hello Kitty corner of the pod. You have a Janai Hello Kitty here on a Sunday. Hi, Mr. Scarf. Yes, don't uh, forget to like, subscribe, and turn on yeah. notifications. There Ruben, you, go. you are a class act, a gentleman, and a scholar. Thank you so much. Philly, we're a minute or an hour and 16 minutes in, and you guys know how we like to end each and every one of our episodes. Thank you for joining us uh, for episode 290 of Defenders of the Bank. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.